Yo, I put it like wow. This that sound. These oaks don't work hard like me. I hope they know by now. Bail, bail. Stand my ground. Throw these money trees go overseas like Percy Tow. I make sure you stay around. Quiet when I'm under loud. No negatives allowed. Me positivity took a vow. I always play to win. Don't anticipate loss. Mind always in the clown, my boy. Never think about the drop. Never ever ever think about the drop. Welcome to it, sports fans. It is the MKT show. I am MKT. T, 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 on a show, 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 show. So let's get straight into it, hey? Um People are saying, where's the podcast? You said you'd do it on Thursday. Well, here's what happened, right? What did happen is, I was waiting for the Declan Rice transfer, right? I thought, okay, Mason Mount, Declan Rice, the team's under pressure because obviously they have to do the transfers before the 30th of June. Otherwise, it counts towards next year's accounting books, blah, blah, blah. That's the boring part. So I thought, oh, let me wait for those big transfers to happen. And then I'll, I'll just wrap it all nicely because I wanted to do a transfer show before I do the other shows that I'm going to do moving forward. Anyway, didn't happen. Backfired. Blah, blah, blah. Lots of people, including a guy called Shimmy, giving me a hard time. Anywho, this is the podcast. It is landing somewhere on Friday. I mean, you can listen to it any time. So you'll listen to, to it on the 30th for the first time, 6.30 a.m. Central African time. Anywho, that's what it is. Hope you had a good week. So I'm going to do two a week, right? So here's the plan. You'll get one on next Monday, Thursday. Regardless of what happens now, I'll just go Monday, Thursday. So, um, yeah, it'll be Monday, 6.30 a.m. Central African time. Thursday, 6.30 a.m. Central African time. That's when I'll drop it. That's just what's going to happen now, moving forward. Because today, you know, once bitten, twice shy. Once bitten, twice shy. Great saying. Don't really understand it. Don't really understand it. English is not my first language. All right. Let's get into the show. What are we talking about today? So I'm going to do a transfer show. Uh, Madison to Spurs and then Mason Mount, obviously, uh, moving to Manchester United in a blockbuster trade. So uh, that one's interesting. And I think the Madison one is as well. So love to hear your thoughts. Um, Been running a little bit. Just trying to stay fit, you know. Um, Trying to make some decisions about the end of the year. Um, if you haven't been listening to the show, I was deliberating whether I should go to Argentina and snowboard, but then it didn't snow. And then in the end, I just decided, you know what? Not worth it. Not worth the financial outlay. Been to Argentina six, seven times in my life. What am I going to go to Berloche just to look at the mountains? There's lots of nice mountains in South Africa. So I decided, you know what? Let's just save the cash and I can do something else. Maybe I'll travel next year. Rugby World Cup's coming. You know, would love to be at that in France. Um, not sure if it's going to happen. See how that goes. See how that goes. Would it be nice um, if you haven't been to Argentina? Um, I'd imagine it's tricky now. It must be bloody expensive. Uh, or not. Or cheap, depending where you live in the world. Um, but it's an awesome place, hey? If you if you are starting to make a little bit of moolah, you know what I mean? Uh, I mean, I'm 37, so I imagine... If you're 37 out there and you've just broken up with your third girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever, you know, could be it could be a woman. Now, like 
I'd love to get some DMs from women. I don't get enough DMs from women. I mean, we did get a cool DM uh, for the MKT show from a lady a long time ago, but I don't know how many women listen to this show. It would be, it would be interesting to me. Just if you are a woman and you love or hate the show, because by the way, some people hate listen, right? Um, not everybody listens because they love it. They just want to listen to complain. And if you are one of those people who are just like, oh my God, this guy. Love to hear from you. I'd love to hear um, your thoughts, football, sport, whatever, life's perspectives. It's, it would be interesting to hear it from a female perspective because I had another, well, a thrilling conversation with somebody I've known my entire life um, about male-female interactions, but probably for a different podcast. Um, she wasn't that impressed by my thoughts on the subject um, but yeah, I've known her for too long. I think there's some people, you know, too well, you, you know, there's some people where you're just too honest with one another. I've known her longer than I've known my sister. You know, I've literally known her. Our fathers worked together. I've literally known her since before she was born. I don't know when babies start knowing that there's another baby on the way, but I was born a couple of months before her in the same year. We are both 37. Anywho, if you're 37, starting to make a bit of money now, you know, just broken up with her, him. You just got two promotions in a year because as most corporates do, they've employed crap people and you were actually the right person. Boom, you're vice president. Now you're starting to make 100, 150 grand a month. You know what I mean? Starting to make the big bucks. You're, you're in the pound seats now. You're flying business class, you know? You don't really hang out with your old friends anymore because they're not as rich as you are. And yes, that's a thing. Like if people make more money, they're going to stop hanging out at crap places. And if you can't afford to go to dinner at certain places, when people get richer, they're not going to invite you. Sorry. Like this is this is real life. Anywho, if you're that person, oh my God, the money doesn't change him. Oh, she's now rich. She's too good for us. She probably is too good for you. I mean, if you're whinging about your friend being too good for you, guess what? They are too good for you. They hang out with better friends now, buying mountain bikes. Anyway, if you're that person and you're thinking, oh, I've just been too much of Europe, you guys. I've just, you know, I promise you going to Buenos Aires is something you, you will not regret. It is one of the most incredible cities in the world. And some of the best looking people in the world. And that's not even my spec, by the way. Now, I'm not going to get into that whole thing because that was part of my discussion with my friend who is, ironically, Portuguese, half Portuguese. I mean, half Portuguese, half European Caucasian. But she's got a, an olive skin look. And she is beautiful. I can't lie. But I know her too well. It's not. It ain't like that. So she's got a propensity to think everyone with olive skin and brown hair should be the spec for everyone. My spec's a little different. I'm not going to say what it is because I've been insulted by too many people. For When I do say it, people go, oh, one of those black guys. I'm like, oh my goodness, what does that mean? What does that mean? I get that all the time. So I'm not even going to say it. Anywho, Argentina... Buenos Aires, if you're making a bit of money, get yourself there because it's super hot people, great food, great history, 
great architecture. Um, a little bit prickly. If you're a lady, it's a tricky one to travel in South America by yourself. You know, it's not eat, pray, love as uh, most movies would make it out. It's uh, you, you've got to have your head on a swivel. It's not Switzerland. Um, but it's amazing. Uh, Buenos Aires, Berloche, uh, absolutely incredible. If you like hiking, you like the alpine lifestyle, um, I cannot recommend it um, enough. Santiago, Chile, cannot cannot recommend Santiago enough. Yes, Santiago is my favorite city in in South America. Let's say that. Uh, Stockholm is my favorite city in the world. I think that's the greatest place on earth. I genuinely think that. But but Santiago, Chile, yeah, Berloche, I would uh, hugely recommend that. And then if you if you're a city dwelling kind of person. Because if you're making that kind of money, I'd imagine you want to be at some douchebag cocktail place. My God, um, Santiago uh, is great. But, but but then you want to be at, in Buenos Aires. I've never been to Brazil, so I don't really know what their vibe is there. Uh, Montevideo, uh, if you if you want to go to Uruguay, do it. Do it. I was really fortunate. Not really. I, I made the money and I did it. I don't believe in luck. Sorry, I, I wasn't fortunate. I made the money and I went. Yeah, you chose money to spend your money elsewhere. I spent my money traveling. There we go. I would recommend that. So this is a travel podcast now as well. Um, not sure how I got there. Not sure how I got to talking about travel. I'll listen back to this and I'll figure it out. But I'm not going to Argentina. Um, hopefully, hopefully um, head over to the Rugby World Cup this year. By the way, it's the Cricket World Cup this year. I could not care less. Like, I, I cannot tell you how little I care about cricket played in pyjama clothing. Like, I, I haven't even looked at it. People are like, oh, the proteas are in it. I could not care less about one-day cricket and T20 cricket. It is completely meaningless. It is complete. Like, does it still matter? Do people watch it, you know? I, like, I'm not doing it. I'm watching the Ashes, loving it, love Test cricket. I, I only ever watch the Ashes, really, now. I can't get up in time for Test Cricket in India. And also, to be honest, the production value in India is not great. So it's never nice to watch, you know. They never have great commentators, although I don't watch with commentary anyway. Like, it's terrible. Even Sky, no good. So, loving the ashes. Um, but yeah, love to know what you think. Um, get a hold of me, mkt at the MKT show. Um Com. Otherwise, M- uh, MKT Inspires, that's Mike Kilo Tango, MKT Inspires, on all social media platforms. Instagram's the best one. I, inter- I interact there. Um, yeah. So, let's get into it, eh? The ashes. Bloody hell. It's been phenomenal. Loving it. Two days in. David Lyon, or oh, oh, David Lyon. He, he's injured. All right. Lyon's injured. Um, that's a problem. That is a big, big problem. Although they've got three world-class seamers. I think they made a huge mistake. Um, especially at Lords, you know it's going to seem around. Scotty Bylan, right? Guy's averaging 18 in Test cricket. One thing I resent, right, about Stark, I've always resented him, is he doesn't take enough wickets considering how aggressive he is and how many uh, runs he goes for. The, the one great thing about Brett Lee was he was expensive, but he was a genuine wicket-taker. Stark doesn't take enough wickets for 
how many runs he goes for, even in the World Test Championship. I was like, oh, this guy's finished. I, I think Stark's washed. I'll be honest, he's washed. I, I, like, I don't get the Stark thing. Scotty Boland where it's at. And also, wicket to wicket at Lords, it, it does just enough off the seat. If you don't watch cricket, you've got no idea what I'm talking about. Whatever, get over yourself. Get some culture, firstly. If you're not watching cricket, what are you doing? What are you doing? If you're not watching test cricket, get some culture. No, not, not everything's hippity hop and bloody designer sneakers. You know? Get some culture. Go watch some theatre. By the way, you go to Argentina, uh, slide in the DMs. I will. I know somebody who actually is a con- conducts the Philharmonica um, in Buenos Aires. So get a hold of me. I'll get some culture in you, just like you should be doing with watching Test cricket. Anywho, Scotty Boland, it's madness that they've dropped stock or, or brought stock in for him. I just do not understand it, especially at Lords. It's made for Scotty Boland. He's going to be wicked to wicked, and he's going to do just enough off a seeming deck. Um, especially at Lords, you know, day two and three, you're going to have to hold up an end, right? And Stark, I just don't get it, man. I just don't get it. Anywho, Scotty Boland being out, madness. Now, Lions out. That That is a big, big, big problem. He's got a calf injury. That does not look good. That's a big, big problem. He's out on day two. Um, and England... <laughs> They just—I I don't get it, man. The baseball commitment is what it is, um, but it's good for Test cricket, you know. And I, I thought Australia showed you—you you don't have to play baseball. Once you start to bring bowlers back for second and third spells, you're going to go at five and over purely because the ball's sixty-five overs old. And if guys are coming back for a third spell, somebody's on eighty-five. Steve Smith, incredible, isn't he? Absolutely incredible. I mean, let, let's just put our sandpaper aside for a second. This guy, so for me, I've always said Ricky Ponting's out on his own because of what he's done as a player and a captain. I think batting's harder as a captain, but he managed to just sustain it until the end. Um, then it's Steve Waugh for me. Then it's, and then I don't really care. It's like, is it a bit, is it Border? Is it Tenduka? Is it Lara? Like, whatever. They all didn't win enough. The, the one thing about Steve Waugh and Ricky Ponting was they weren't just prodigious with the bat. They were winners. Like, that's so important for me, you know. It's why I can't take, like, Alistair Cook and these other guys seriously. Like, overall, did you win? Did you win World Cups? You know, were you influential in being trailblazing? And I can't say Joe Root has been. I, uh, I, I can't say Tenduka has been. Tenduka, as much he was a brilliant player, but he, he wasn't winning enough. And he really had a great team. Like, Sachin Tenduka had a great team. He had VVS Laxman, he had Rao Dravid, he had Ganguly, he had Sevag, you know. So, Lara's Lara, I mean, the West Indies or whatever they are. So, I, I think Ricky Ponting's the greatest by at some distance. I, th- I think it's like Leo Messi argument, you know. There is no argument. And then it's the rest. Like, I don't really care who you pick. Tendulka, Lara, Border, you know, whoever. Maybe Richards. I, I, I don't know who you'd put there. Uh, a second, but Steve Smith. If Australia go and win the World Cup, and Steve Smith is like player of the tournament kind of stuff, he, you know, he plays a massive century. Sport is about moments. I was there at the Wanderers when Ricky Ponting made that 140 um, in the World Cup final. Th- that's how you go from incredible 
to the greatest. Cometh the hour, cometh the man. And then Ricky Ponting, I mean, three World Cups, right? So, and crucial in all of those. Not just like, oh, some guy on the sideline. Three World Cups and crucial in all those wins. Um, Steve Smith is one World Cup in. Can he now uh, be at the center of it all and win a World Cup and get himself to 10,000 test runs? He's not going to get Ponting's 42 uh, centuries, right? Because he's on 31 now. Or is it on 32? Sorry, he's on 32 and Ponting made 41. He's not going to get that. Um, he's 34 years old. One of the things I remember reading from Ricky Ponting, he said he knew that the reflexes go just a little bit, 35, 36. And that's all they have to do at that level. They just have to go a little bit and it's too much. So this isn't going to carry on forever. I give him two, three more seasons. He'd have to make nine centuries to catch Ponting in the next three seasons. Two seasons even. Can he make... I don't know if he's going to play enough test cricket. He'd have to make, what, another four or five this year and then another five or six uh, to get over the hump, depending how it goes. I don't know. He's good. I don't know if he's that good. And he's not going to get to Ponting's overall runs. But what he can do is get to 10,000 and win a World Cup. And then he's he's in the conversation for me. You know, for, in terms of Australians, I, I struggle to overlook... I, I don't want to say Bradman. It's a bit lazy. He was playing against whatever. Like, this is the greatest era of sport, Right. So I say Ponting, Border, ugh, Hayden. You, you know, Matthew Hayden has 30 test centuries as an opener. And Alistair Cook has 33 test centuries in 161 test matches. Matthew Hayden played 103 test matches. <laughs> that's, that's hysterical. Opening batting is, is one of the hardest jobs in sport, no, not just cricket. Like opening the batting is the worst. You're, you're in the worst conditions with the biggest advantage for the bowler who's, who's got six opportunities to get you out. And he's got 30 centuries as an opener in 103 test matches. That is so bloody great. Like Matthew Hayden needs to be in the conversation for greatest batsman of all time. Like, people love Alistair Cook, and I, I, so do I. I think he's brilliant. But he's not Matthew Hayden. Just, like, that's hysterical. I, I was looking at the records today. That, that's absolutely hysterical to me. Uh, Steve Smith starting to join that conversation, though. You know, you start to get 10,000. Um, and, by the way, I don't want to hear, oh, but if he'd played. No, 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 don't cheat. Like, part of maturity, not cheating, sticking to the rules, and being available is part of greatness. Like, I hate this, oh, if he played more games. Well, he didn't. Like, he was injured. Okay, availability is the greatest ability. Don't be a cheat. Leave your sandpaper. Like, I, I, I never, I hate those excuses. Oh, if only. Well, you didn't. Like, if only someone had played with Roy Keane, they could have been the greatest as much as Roy Keane. Well, they, they, they didn't. Yeah, they, they didn't. There we go. He didn't. He cheated. He's out for a year. Served his punishment. But he's a great. Bloody amazing. Steve Smith. What a guy. What a guy. Will he ever reach Ponting? I don't think so. I don't think he can get to that level. But he's the, he's the greatest of the generation. For sure. And it's not close. It's not close. Because he wins a lot as well. It's not just about making runs. He wins a lot. 
wins a lot. Bonus Labushain, what a drop catch if you are watching the Ashes. Not sure if you saw it. Ugh, that's ugly. That's ugly. Manus, got to catch that, man. Got to catch that. And they do need Manus to step up because they could have put their foot on England's throats. I don't know what Cam Green's doing. Like, all this hype. Brew, what is that cricket shot going out to Joe Root? I, I just don't get it. And quite frankly, I don't get the Cam Green hype. I don't think he's very good. I'm not sure what he is. He's like a worse version of Stokes, I think. Like, he's not hes not very good bowler. He's not accurate. He's not aggressive. He's not fast. He's not a particularly intimidating player. You know, he's not accurate. He's not clever with the ball. And then he's not like a... He doesn't strike me as like a number six who's going to average 45 of the bat. So maybe he's going to mature and test cricket, you know, you'll be humbled. But I'm, I'm not in the Camp Green thing. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I'm watching it and I'm looking and I'm like, what is it? Like he's got shabby technique. He doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to knuckle down. Keep in mind, Australia had Damien Martin batting six back in the day. You, you must remember, I'm old. I like a 6-4 split. I hate all-rounders. I don't even like Travis Head. Um, I hate all-rounders in Test Cricket. I do not understand the Cam Green thing. I just do not understand. I like a 6-4 split. If you don't watch cricket, that means six specialist batsmen, four bowlers, and a wicketkeeper. And you know what? I guess they were spoiled for a long time. That Adam Gilchrist, when you've got him at seven, then you can play 6-4 split. But surely Australia can find six batsmen. Surely, surely they can find... And, in fact, I know they can find four bowlers because they've got four seamers without Cam Green that would work without Cam Green being your number six and then play a specialist bat. I, I just... I don't get the Cam Green thing. I think it's a wasted space. Um, let him play shield cricket and develop. I, he's not ready for test cricket. He's, he's, he's a bit of a T20 sensation and he's not even Warner level. Like, Warner, I get it. Okay, that's just too good. Put him in the team. But what's the Cam Green thing? Let us know what you think. At MKT Inspires. Those are my thoughts. Scotty Bowland being dropped. It's going to cost him, I, I think. And it's coming through now because stocks coming back second, third spell. Ball's doing nothing. Uh-oh. Now you're already expensive and terrible and washed. They should have... They, what's Stock still doing in the squad? He's been washed for like four or five years. I, I, I just, he's not Mitchell Johnson, by the way. <laughs> like, I think Australia's been hoping that he'll be Mitchell Johnson forever. Like, he was super quick at a stage, got injured, came back now, washed. You got Scotty Boland. Scotty Boland is essentially Vernon Philander. Top of off stump. Whatever you're doing, I'm hitting top of off. And then it's nipping a little bit left and right. That's test cricket, right? First change, that's who you want. And then the brilliant Cummins up front. I mean, I love him. And then you got Hazelwood. So you got Hazelwood, Hazelwood, Boland, Cummins, right? That's your three. And then Cam Green. I mean, I, I don't know what they're doing there. M maybe play Stark with those four. But then you can't because Cam Green can't back at six. It's a bit of a conundrum. Bit of a conundrum, mate. I suppose you, you need Lyon as your fourth bowler. But they've got that um, that nerd who looks like um, 
a, a computer programmer as the backup spinner. So he'll come in with his glasses. I mean, I wear glasses. I can say that kind of stuff. He does look like a nerd, though. He he does look like that guy who's like an accountant or... He looks like a guy who'd have khaki pants and a K-way jacket. You know what I mean? He looks like a guy who works at Investec with his glasses and his girlfriend. And they, they have a... They're going to get a dog to practice have for, for when they have a family. You know those people. Like, oh, we're just going to get a dog first. Just see what it's like to be together, you know, and look after something. Something sentient. Like, oh my God. Dogs are not a practice for family. Like, I, don't, don't you hate those people? Like, oh, okay. So what, are you looking for a reason to break up? You don't need a. You don't need to practice with the dog. Just have a baby. Like that's gonna be, it's gonna be terrible. It's gonna be scary. It's gonna be beautiful. But having a dog, is not practicing, having baby. Also, dogs are not a replacement for your emotional pits in your stomach, please. And I don't want to be sexist, <laughs> but it's usually ladies that get dogs after a breakup, and they're like, "Oh, I'm so sad. I need a dog." I hate that. Like, I'm not an animal rights activist, but I love dogs, right? I, I hate cats. Ha- cats are terrible. They're owl food. You should f- be feeding all cats to owls. But, oh, I saw an owl the other day, by the way. Uh, like, have people stopped poisoning rats or whatever? It was a beautiful owl. I don't know what kind it was because it was sort of dusk when I saw it. But it was beautiful. It was massive. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. More cats are going to get eaten. This is fantastic. People, people that have cats as pets are terrible humans anyway. This is great. It's going to make their lives terrible because it's going to snatch someone's ratty little dog or a cat. This is marvelous. Love owls. Anywho, don't get a dog because you're sad. Just stop being sad. Because what tends to happen is I'm sad. I'm going to dump my emotional instability onto this dog and then the dog is sad. And then you're, you're hitting the dog. And, and then you don't train the dog. So dogs don't really know how to behave if you don't train them. Also, you, I tell you what makes you a horrendous human being. A vile human. Is not training your dog. And then you get upset with your dog. It's like, no. These are wild animals. You have to train your dogs. It's called domestication. Part of domesticating something is training it. It's like, oh, he's scratching the couch. It's because you're a moron. You didn't train your dog. Like, I've got no... Hey, big wonder I'm single. I have no room for excuses. Like, train your dog. Bloody monster. Anyway, saw now. Incredible stuff. Anyway, let's get to the sports show. 26 minutes in. Have not spoken about sport. Scotty Barland. At MKT Inspires. MKT at the MKT Show. If you want to give some feedback. Listen, before I get to what we're going to talk about today. Did you, perhaps, in the week, promise your lady that maybe you're in that awkward phase in your relationship, you know what I mean? Like, hey, we'll do two nights at your house, two nights at mine, and then on this weekend we'll be at yours, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure people understand what I mean. You know when you're in that awkward phase, like you've been dating for two years, but you don't want to give up your independent space, and I get that. I have my house, you have yours, you're waiting for him to propose, blah, blah, blah. Hey, you do your thing, girl. You know what I mean? But now he said he was going to come over. But then 
you know, he's trying to get the promotion at work. Are you the guy who said, oh, I'll come over and I'll bring dinner over? Ugh, it's eight o'clock now. He's still at the office. Now she's not answering. She's blue ticking you because she knows what's happening here. You're still at the office. Are you the guy who promised to go over and you didn't? Just because you wanted to impress your boss. And now you're a terrible human being. You know what make you feel better? If you go and rate this show. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Go and give the show five star. It'll make you feel better about being a terrible boyfriend. I'm just saying, if you're that guy, if you're the guy who didn't go over when you promised you would on Tuesday night, Monday night last week, there's no flowers that are going to save you. She's already angry now. You're going to have to produce miracles this weekend. I don't know what you're going to do. I've got no clue what you're going to do. But it will make you feel better if for a second. You know, kind of like a toffee or a chocolate or a chocolate croissant. Croissant. You know, make you feel better. Go and give the show a five-star rating. If you've got two minutes right now, you're in the car, you're thinking, oh my goodness, I wonder if she's going to break up with me because I'm not ready to propose, but I still really like this girl. And I just, I had to finish that last, I don't know what acronyms are used in douchebag corporate, LAR report. And just, I had to do it because, you know, there's a big promotion coming. She doesn't understand because she's like the new... Shage Lembe was out. I wanted to watch that with you. And then you said you'd come. And you didn't come last week as well because you said you're working. I don't like where this is going. You're just like my dad. You work too much. Oh, my goodness. You're in big trouble here. But make yourself feel better. The MKT Show, wherever you get your podcast. Go and rate this. Give it five stars. Say, you know what? You laughed at my pain, but I appreciate it, brother. It's going to cost you nothing. Take two minutes right now. Probably at some desk, at Discovery, at Investec, at some big bank. You know, sitting there going, oh my goodness, I don't feel appreciated at work. I appreciate you. I'll appreciate you more if you go and give the show five stars. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast. Pocket Casts, if you have Android, is the best user experience I've ever seen. Plus, they've just updated their UX. Pocket Casts. They are not associated to the show. I'm just, I like to give good advice because I've got a Samsung because I'm on animal like the, the housewives and influencers that use iPhones. Uh, the, the iPhone is for influencers and housewives, rich housewives who don't have real jobs, who, who give you the being a mother's a full-time job line, that bullshit. The, the, that's who iPhones are for. If you're using a Samsung because you love yourself and you, you were well-raised, by an adult, by by one or two beautiful adults, you're probably using an Android. Get yourself over to Pocket Casts. I promise you, you will not turn back. It is the best UX for podcasts. All right, let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. There'll be a mailbag, by the way, at the end of this. There'll be a mailbag. Okay, let's get into it. Um, Madison to Spurs. Um, all right, let's get through the laundry list of it. It's 40 million pounds. He will be... 27 years old in November. He's 26 now. So in November uh, this year. So within the season, he'll turn 27, which means he'll be 33 years old at the end of the deal. 32 going on 33. It'll be a five-year deal. 40 mil for a 27-year-old. And it'll be a five-year deal. Madness, as they're calling him. Hmm. 
James Madison, huh? All right, but before before we get into that, um, do you know, because I used to be this person, but I don't know if you know any people who buy nice clothes, or maybe you're this person, people who buy nice clothes and watches, and they think it'll solve their character problem. I don't know if you know those problems. They, they, buy, they buy flashy things, and they think, because it'll make me feel better in that time, I'll be a better person, and I'll appear to be a better person to other people. All right? Listen, buying your girlfriend jewelry, if you're a terrible boyfriend, sorry, that's not going to save your relationship. It's, it's not going to solve your relationship. Buying nice stuff doesn't solve your, your human flaws. You actually have to go and solve your human flaws. I know it's terrible. Listen, I used to be a terrible person. I can say this. And I say used to. I still got to keep an eye on it. Buying your girlfriend jewelry isn't going to save your relationship. You're going to break up anyway. If you're buying her, if you're taking your girlfriend on holiday, doing flashy, buying expensive stuff to save their relationship, it is over. Because what you're telling me is you're not willing to work on yourself. Oh, my goodness. Um, and by the way, I'm just speaking to heterosexual dudes here. I don't really know any other way in the world. I'm a heterosexual dude. I'm also, there's lots of dimensions in a relationship. I'm just speaking as a heterosexual guy. If you are buying your girlfriend gifts and holidays to try and save your relationship, it's over. Forget it. Because what you really need to be doing is working on yourself if you're the problem or working on the relationship if you're not communicating. Ain't going to work. Here's why I say this flashy stuff. Because I feel it's like it's what Spurs are doing. They're solving the wrong problems. They're solving a problem they don't have. Right? Buying your girlfriend another watch... What problem are you solving if she's already got three watches? If she's already been to Mauritius? You think that's going to save your relationship? No. She wants to spend time with me. You know, be nicer to my mother. You know, come, I don't know, come to brunch with my friends when we have that. You know, stop being mean to my best friend or whatever. I don't know what problems people have. You know, stop drinking as much. I, I, like, I, I don't know. Not in a relationship. I, I'm in the bliss of being single. But... Spurs have solved a problem they don't have. Spurs do not have the problem of needing a playmaker. They've got Son. They've got Kulisevsky. They've got Richarlison. That is not your problem. That, in fact, that is the least of your problems. And one of the things that they've done here is created another issue. They've lost even more athleticism and tactical discipline. Because the one guy who will get back is Son. But what are you going to do now? Play Richarlison, Madison, and Kulisevsky. That's three guys who have who refuse to drop. And then Harry Kane. You, you don't want Harry Kane dropping because Madison won't drop. It's bad enough that Kulisevsky, oh my goodness, Kulisevsky has never even seen his the inside of his own half ever. He doesn't even know it exists. He does not know it exists. He's never seen his own box. He thinks there's one box per half. So he's not dropping. Son, maybe. And you shouldn't be asking Son to drop. He's your star player. I've always said Son is actually the key. And you don't want Harry. Harry's old now. He's injured. You just want him staying up front. So what is Madison solving? Because he's not a top six player. And goal creation is not Spurs' problem. And if they're saying, listen, I've been watching football forever. I've played football since I was six years old in academy football. 
everything starts from the inside out. So if Spurs are saying they're building to be top six, Madison is not a top six player anyway. So that's already a lie. But let me tell you what Spurs' real problems are. It's goalkeeper, which I think they've replaced with the Empoli goalkeeper. I don't know. I haven't heard of him. Uh, slide in the DMs at MKT Inspires. If you watch Serie A, what's he like? What's his strengths? I, I really don't know him. I know he's just been called up to the Italy team, even though we know he's not uh, the number one. PSG have Italy's number one there. Um, but Spurs' real problems are they don't have a goalkeeper. Hugo Lloris was a joke anyway. They don't have a right back. They don't have a left back. They don't have any centre-backs of any uh, establishment. And that's where you build from, right? Goalkeeper, centre-back, right-back, left-back. That's what you've got to build. They need two central defensive midfielders. I'm reading Hoiberg's on his way out now. I do not understand that. And they need a central midfielder. So that's how you build your team from inside out. When I say inside out, you've got to build goalkeeper, centre-backs, centre-back, holding mid, right? And then hopefully if you can get a strong number eight slash hybrid 10. But that's decoration. If you don't have a centre-back, you don't have a goalkeeper, you don't have two centre-backs, three centre-backs even in this day and age, you've got nothing. Forget about Madison, forget about Harry Kane, forget about Son, it doesn't matter. Don't believe me? Spurs have had, what, Kulisevsky, Son, Kane, what's that look like for a decade? Doesn't matter. It, it just doesn't matter. Think of all the great dynasties, right? Man United, Chelsea, Arsenal. When you think Arsenal, what do you think? David Seaman, Lehman, Colo Torre, Tony Adams, Sol Campbell, right? Gilberto, Patrick Vieira. That's what it is. The Leonbergs and those guys are icing on the cake. They're not the cake. Doesn't work otherwise. It doesn't work otherwise. Think of Chelsea. What did they do? They went and got Carvalho, John Terry, Peter Cech, Claude Makelele, Michael Essien. The rest is icing. In fact, in football, the rest is nonsense. If you don't believe me, Man United were so mediocre, but the spine was always world class. Gary Neville's lukewarm, guys. He, he's actually, it's sad to say. I mean, they had the great Dennis Irwin at left back. I, I just There's a guy who never gets his, his credit. What a player Dennis Irwin was, if, if you haven't seen him. But what were Man United? Peter Schmeichel, Steve Bruce, David May, Ronnie Johnson. Right? And then in the middle, the greatest, one of the greatest to ever do it, Roy Keane. That's how Fergie built it. Paul Scholes, Nicky Butt. Those are proper players in the middle. Paul Ince, the governor. Then Fergie would add everything else. Then he'd add a Ronaldo and he'd add a Tevez and he, you know, Beckham and these guys and Neville. The sides don't matter. You can have Dennis Irwin and Gary Neville and, quite frankly, David Beckham, who people seem to love more than I do. But, but whatever, I, he, he's, a, he's a winner. David Beckham's a winner. You know, you can add Ryan Giggs. You, the, the, that's the icing. You, you don't start with those guys. And Alex Ferguson never had. He broke the world record for Rio Ferdinand. Why? Because he understands that's where you build a team from. He went and got Edwin van der Sar. He went and got Fabian Bartes. And even with Bartes, it's like, mm, that's not going to work. I've got to replace you. Can't win without that. Think of those great Fergie teams. Go and look at the team where he beat Arsenal 8-2. Alex Ferguson was never interested in star players until he knew the core 
was sorted. Michael Carrick. Go and look at the great dynasties. Even look at Man City. What did they do? Edison, right? Vincent Company, early as well. We're not mucking about with that, right? We're not mucking about with the keeper thing. Joe Hart, he was quality at the beginning, but then go and solve it early. Vincent Company, right? That I mean, he, he was just, just a different level. Just an absolutely different level. Look now, it's Diaz, it's Laporte. That they they've just been unreal. It's Rodri. It's Kevin De Bruyne. You take care of the middle. David Silva. You take care of that number ten, number eight role. Gundogan. Nuts and bolts. You start there, and then you go and solve. Like Madison is not changing Spurs. They, they, they Spurs are not are going to be no better than sixth or eighth next year. He's not changing anything. Because the back fours are shambles, and the goalkeeping situation is absolute shambles. Tell you what, Spurs is telling me. It's a reboot. And they have no choice but to sell Harry Kane now. What they're telling me is we are rebooting and we're going again. And if I'm Harry Kane, I'm not. I'm firstly firing my brother as my agent. Well, what a hysterical situation. But it's time to go because what Daniel Levy is telling you is it has failed. I need to reboot. And I'm getting the next guys. Because it's over now. Like once you're getting Madison, like well, what are we doing? It's not about winning now. It's about a valuable English commodity who we can make money off. Because Madison's good-looking, he's flashy, he's the lad. And that's great. But Madison's not making any of the top six or seven proper teams. He's not, he's not, he's not making Arsenal, he's not making Chelsea, he's not making Liverpool, he's not, he's not a proper player. I mean, he's a nice player. He's one of those guys who you go, oh, you know, he's underrated. And I, I've always said this, by the way. Being underrated is just an exercise in poor presentation of yourself. I've got no time for excuses. Underrated. Do me a favor. Present yourself better. Like that's on you. Madison is not a winning player and he's not a franchise changing player. He doesn't change Spurs. Is he better than Kulusevsky? Is he better than Son? Is he better than Richarlison? Quite frankly. And I know people don't like Richarlison because of the personality, but Richarlison is a proper player. He's a proper, proper player. And it's also tricky there. What do you do with Richarlison? Because... He really wants to play up front. He's got that other guy who's chasing the Premier League record. I would move on from Harry now because then you allow this young group to develop together. But then you're saying it's a reboot. We're a top, top eight club. But if you're not spending $100 million on your centre-back pairing, just your centre-back pairing, you're not serious. Dyer, Davinson, Sanchez, Davies, that's not going to work. Come on, man. Come on. Get serious. Bloody get serious. They're not serious. Harry Kane's wasted his career. What a waste. And you know what? He has to say the right thing. He's the England captain and he's the pin-up boy. He's not a confrontational guy. Harry just wants to make people happy. And, and I bet he's making lots of money. So it's also smart. I like Harry Kane. Smart guy. He understands. Corporate guy. No problemo. But he, in his heart of hearts, what a wasted career. Why did he trust Daniel Levy? Pathetic. Harry, pathetic. But it's over now. Now it's time for Harry Kane to, to be a grown-up. I've given you all I had. 60, 70 mil, let me go. And don't wait until next season. 
It's the time now because Spurs are showing you they're not serious. Getting Madison for 40 million, that should be on a centre-back. Urien Timber should not be going to bloody Arsenal without you fighting for him. Because then I know you're serious. Like, okay, Mikel Arteta is showing you I'm serious. Whether he'll win or not, separate conversation, but, but I'm serious. I'm getting centre-backs. Yeah, I'm going after holding midfielder. I'm going after Declan Rice. You see what Arteta's doing. That's the template. In fact, Arteta's telling you, I'm, I, I'm actually not happy with my centre-backs. And Gabriel and uh, who's the French kid, they were brilliant. Lost. Saliba, they were brilliant last season. He's saying, I'm still not happy. We can still go up a level. Like Ben White, I'm not happy with you as well. I'm getting Urien Temba. He, he's going to put pressure on you guys. He is the next. They love him. They absolutely love him in the Netherlands. They think he's the next guy. They think he's the, he's the next centre-back um, coming through. Sort of in that Frank uh, Frank De Boer, uh, Ronald Koeman, ball-playing style. They absolutely love Urien Timba. And he's the next guy. He can play right-back. He can play centre-back. So, Spurs, I just don't get it. it. It makes no sense to me. I've never understood the Madison fascination. I like him as a player. If you're South African, I know. Uh, in South Africa, we have a term called the Uye Pencela. It means he's he's a flair player, and I get it. Madison with the turn and the hair and the and the wrist bands and you know the fashion. I, I love it. The tattoo. He's the man. There. But he is not. He he's not making Spurs any better. Tell me of the two playmakers, Son and Kulisewski, is he better than them? So why are you getting? Because when you spend forty million, he needs to start. I don't know if he gets in the team. And let, like, are you going to play the least athletic midfield in the world? Because he's not dropping, Kulisewski's not dropping, and you shouldn't be asking Harry Kane to drop. And then Son, Son's just a pro and a, and a tank. Horrendous signing. One out of ten. Horrendous signing. It, it, nothing about it makes sense. Except the commercials. I would say they're going to sell lots of shirts. He's massively, massively, massively. Uh, he's going to be an asset. He's an England player. So he is an asset. He's one of those guys that are going to be on, on billboards. He's going to be front of covers for England. He's going to keep you in the conversation. He's a, they love him. He's a lad's lad. So you're going to, you're, he's going to be massively, massively commercially viable in, in the English sense. And remember, that makes a difference, by the way. So if that's what it is, cool. From a footballing side, horrendous signing. Love to know what you think. At MKT Inspires. Um, please take a second to go and rate the show. Um, give us five stars uh, wherever you're listening. Slide in the DMs if you'd like your questions answered on the show. At MKT Inspires or MKT at the MKTShow.com. I'd love to hear if there's any ladies who listen to the show, by the way. I'd ask anything. By the way, it does not need to be sports-related. If you've just found this podcast somewhere, um, yeah, go ahead and ask. Love to hear it. Or, hey, I'm a lady who listens to the show. Okay, cool. It would be interesting to hear um, because this friend of mine who I was telling you, she, I give her a hard time, but she is one of the most, she, she's, i got to say, she, she is one of the best friends I've ever had. Having said that, our discussion was about can men and women be friends, but I'm not going to tell you how that went. And she said, you know, you're such a dude. 
And we, she was talking about, she was basically driving at home why I'm going to be single forever. And we we laughed a little bit and I cried a little bit because it's like, oh man, it's true. But I'm not changing now. Like I, I'm, I'm also not like some enlightened guy. I'm not changing. Like I, I am what I am. So, so she said, do any guys listen to the show? I mean, do any girls listen to the show? I said, I don't know. It's a good question. I'll ask. This is me asking. This is me asking. At MKT Inspires. All right, let's move on. Mason Mount. Um, so it's 60 million. Chelsea got hysterical. Um, but he's a proper player. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'm a Chelsea fan. Uh, 60 mil. Uh, in January, he will be 25 years old. It's a six-year deal. Uh, so he'll be 31 at the end of the deal. United get him for his prime. All right, he's a world-class player. L- listen, he's a grown-up. He's coachable. Uh, superb technique. He's athletic. He's a modern He's a modern progressive midfielder. I think he should be playing in the number eight role, um, which is a bit of duplication on Bruno Fernandes, but w- whatever. A proper players make it work. He's a clever player. Um, he can fit into multiple systems. And, and I like him. I like him. I've always liked Mason Mount. Um, he's so he's so careful with the ball. He's got a passing range. I, I really like. I don't know what people don't like about him. Like name one thing where he's not eight out of ten. Positioning terrific. Athleticism terrific. Uh, at that level as well. What he gives you is he gives you the tactical rigidity because when players are that athletic, right? You can play with the Gagan press, but he, he can get compact as well quite quickly, um, which is very, very rare for a guy who's a playmaking, goal-scoring, forward-thinking guy. He's so disciplined. He's that 8-10 hybrid, which is the... Mo- you have to be that modern-day football. Mo- like the Mesut Ozil Kaká guy is dead. A- unless you are David Silva quality or, or Kevin De Bruyne quality, I'm going to need you to do some, some running. And Mason Mount does all of that. For me, that's world-class. He's 8 out of 10 in everything you want from a modern-day midfielder uh, and and just superbly, superbly um, disciplined with the ball retention, which is everything. They they can't score if you have the ball. So I'm not going to now pivot and say I don't think he is. I think he's a worldy player and massive part of Chelsea winning the title. However, having said that, I was thinking about this transfer and... I ended up thinking of, so I've, I've had about a week and a half off and I, I have been thinking because I haven't really taken much time off in the last little while. So I think of my life in five-year cycles, right? I'm in, I'm in year three of this uh, five-year cycle. So I just turned 37 this year. So we've entered year three of the five-year cycle and pretty happy with where it's, where it's at. Um, can always be better, but I'm 37 now, you know, and like my next thinking is like, what am I going to do at 40? What kind of 40-year-old want to be? And I've made some personal like physical health decisions that what I want to be, blah, blah, blah. That's boring. But like, which friends do I want in my life? You know, are they, because I'm always looking at people around me. I'm like, okay, great. He's a great father. He's a great, she's a great mother, you know, like. Where's my family going to be? Do I want a family? You know, you know. At forty, I'm already thinking about those kinds of things and what kind of life I want to be living. Because I'm just that kind of person. I don't like to do things on a whim. But but I, so I have in my mind, even if it fails, at least I'm, I've got the semblance of a plan. It's how I live my life. It's very rigid. It's very boring. But it is what it is. I like boring. Right. One thing I hate is chaos. I, I hate. I will just figure it out, people. Nah, 
because I think with a plan is when you can there is a, there is freedom within structure is how I live right I truly truly believe that and one thing I hate about chaos and I've learned it through my own life because I created so much chaos in the first 30 years of my of my own life is it's actually a terrible place to develop everyone thinks chaos is fun and like artists love it and I can express myself but Chaos is the enemy of progress. And football is different. It's not like a corporate career where you're going to be in it for 35 years. Football's different. Your development is 22 to 26, and then 26 to 31 is your prime. And then if you're special and you're Ronaldo and Messi, you've looked after your body, then you're generational. If you're Lampard, you've looked after your body, you've got 32, 33. You're James Milner, you've looked after your body, you've got 35, 36. But football's unique. You, you, you have one period to develop. Once you've developed, you need to execute on that from sort of 26 to 30. And then it's over. What's Mason Mount's plan? I, the, what I don't understand is what is his plan? Right? Because I've said all these things. He's a grown-up, blah, blah, blah. I mean, realistically speaking, he's young. But his behavior has been uniquely mature. However, I just feel this is a money grab because Chelsea aren't paying these wages, right? Um, I'll speak to somebody who works at Chelsea, um, a good friend of mine, or we've, we've built up a relationship online. And Chelsea aren't paying the numbers that are being reported. They are not paying anybody £200,000, especially these new kids. Mudrick's on 90000 from what I've read, uh, 90000 a week, give or take. But, but they, they're paying heavily incentive-laden uh, contracts that will get you to that 200, 250 mark um, for your Tiago Silvers and the top end guys. But I don't understand Mason Mount's plan. All I can, all I can sort of surmise it to is it's a money grab. He just wants money. I don't hate that. By the way, I have no problem with players chasing money. It's just a job. No worries. No worries. I, I'm totally, totally cool with that. And people who don't believe me when I say it's chaos and I don't understand the plan is that Man United are in chaos. He's just been through a takeover, so he knows how chaotic that can be. Right? But they're in a shambles of a takeover. Right? Top four was an anomaly. Even as a Man United fan, you have to say, okay, it hasn't been this way for a long, long time. It's not, it's not like your top, it's not Fergie days. Certainly, they're more of a Europa League club than they are a Champions League club. Let's be honest. All right? But here's the other thing, right? The the Invincibles, the first Man United um, Fergie era, the Man City teams, Chelsea. Um, you know what they did brilliantly was they bought a similar age profile. So it stretched the success window. So there's a reason why Chelsea was successful and are the most successful team in England for the last 22, 23 years is that whenever they bought, they bought a similar age profile. You know why? So that that era could peak together. What's Mason Mount's plan now? Because Bruno Fernandes is 29 in September, right? So Bruno's going to be, Bruno's in his peak now. He's probably got another year, two years, and then it's over. And then what? Casemiro's over the hill. Like, I, I don't understand the obsession with him. And Varane's too injury prone, right? Those are your three guys who you'd say, okay, this is who we build around. So Mason Mount is trusting a team that has shown you for a decade that we are disastrous at signing. And 
there isn't anybody in his age profile who is on Upward Arc. Marcus Rashford, like, he is what he is now. Like, he's mediocre, he's a great PR guy, but really, Marcus Rashford, really? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> like, Marcus Rashford, when people have sung, we're doing Marcus Rashford, is that what we're doing? And the other problem with Marcus Rashford is he's so injury prone. Like, they've now invested 300,000 a week contract long term into somebody who I would imagine they want to make their, their captain. I, I like Marcus Rashford. I like people that behave in a, in a giving manner and are, because I'm selfish. So, so he's the opposite personality of me of thinking of others. I, I love that about Marcus Rashford. But his job is to be a footballer. And he's always injured. And people might say, no, no, but he plays a lot. But because it's stop-start, we still don't know what Marcus Rashford is. Where are we now? Year six? How good is Marcus Rashford? I don't know. What what position does he play? Is he left, right, striker? And people will go, yeah, I think he's a... Okay, but six years in, I need to know what you are. So what's Mason Mount's plan? Who's he going to peak with? Because at Chelsea, say what you will, right? At least he knew the environment and he's one of their own. So we'll protect you. But it's also clear that Madueke, Modric, Enzo Fernandez, you know, Fofana, Buddy Shield, Reese James, you guys are going to age together. Do you, you, you understand what I'm saying? Like, now they're going to bring in Caicedo. This era is going to age together. So when you guys peak, just like when Chelsea had Ashley Cole and Lampard and Essien and Jeremy and Terry and Carvalho, these guys age together. Drogba, they were all in and around the same age profile so that when they peaked, they all peaked together. Mata, they were all 28, 29, 30 at the same time. That's really important in squad planning. Look at the Man City team. If you've got 15 minutes, go and look at the age profile of the players. Man United are all over the place. Casemiro's finished. Varane's finished. Forget it. He's done. I, I said it when they... Real Madrid don't sell players. Varane is now injury prone. That is what he is. He's not unlucky with injuries. He's an injury prone player. There's a reason why he had to quit international football. He's finished. Is he a quality player? Absolutely. He's a top-notch Rolls-Royce of a player. But you're getting 20 games out of him. Now you're on Harry Maguire, by the way. So he's left a stable environment, relatively speaking, at Chelsea. Because you can see what the plan is. They've spent heavy. And it's a reboot. There were big mistakes made in that last Marina era. But all of those guys are gone now. There's only one player left, I think. So Mason Mount would have aged with all of these guys that I've named. You can see where the project's headed, whether you like it or not. They've just signed Jackson. They'll probably get another striker. So Mason Mount was meant to be, along with Reese James, the pin-up boy of this project, and he was going to age with all these guys. He didn't like the money. And let me tell you something. Whenever people say these following words, they are lying. It's not about the money, but it's always about the money. It is always about the money. Please, you are not better than anyone. It is always about the money. In the Western world, money is a symbol 
of how much you value me in the working place. That's just what it is. You can talk about environments and culture. It's all nonsense. It's fluff for us to make us feel better about ourselves. How much are you going to pay me shows me what you think of me. Because let me tell you something. When the ish hits the fan, you know who they look at? Who do we pay the most? You've got the most responsibility. Because when people pay you, you know what they're saying? We expect the most out of you. So spot the money. It's not about a club plan, right? It's not about success. And Man United are in no place to be successful. It's not about a plan. There is no plan at Manchester United that I can see. There is no heavy spending going on there. So when does the rebuild start at Manchester United? At Chelsea, there at least at least you can see they've started the rebuild and you were at home. We will protect you. What is the plan at Manchester United to play with Aaron Wan-Bissaka? Luke Shaw's nearly done, mate. He's injury prone. He's brilliant, by the way. It's an awful move. It's a good money move. It's an awful football move, though, because you are not winning at Manchester United in the next five years because they keep having to reboot. Again, let me tell you Man United's problems. They don't have a goalkeeper. They're going to need two centre-backs. You don't, nobody knows how good Lissandro Martinez is. That was one season, the Premier League, second season syndrome, real thing. Because now they know what you are, they know your habits. Now let's see what you're about. So they need a goalkeeper, two centre-backs, a right-back, a central defensive midfielder, a left mid, a left wing, a central midfielder, a right wing, and a striker. Chelsea already did that work, by the way. And the other thing that worries me, and it worries me with people, whenever I see people leave winning environments for money, (laughs) oh boy. When you leave stable, winning environments. And for Mason Mount, Chelsea was stable. Although from the outside, it looks unstable. For him, he was the creme de la creme, European champion. He made the pass. He was on his way to a statue. There was nothing that they weren't going to give him. And Chelsea's a winning establishment. Like, I'm not saying it because I'm a Chelsea fan. I'm saying it is the most successful club in England in the last 22 years. So at least you know that they are going to be aggressive and it's in the DNA within house to win. Manchester United have not won properly for 10 years. So you're going to a place that's still finding himself. That's chaotic. Who's the centre-backs? Martinez, Varane. What happens when Varane's injured? Maguire. Lindelof. Fred, McTominay, because that's who replaces Casemiro. Who's up front? Anthony Martial, is that who you're relying on? Come on, man. The only place I would have understood for Mason Mount, the only place in England, is Man City. It's Man City. Everybody else is mucking about. The only teams that have consistently won for the last 20 years is Chelsea and Man City. Everyone else is is having a laugh. They're having a laugh. Like, maybe Arsenal. But even then, I'm not so sold on this whole project. I don't know where it's going. I'd say Arteta's headed in the right direction. I can see the plan there. He's done three years of building and getting rid of the nonsense. And now he's getting Urien Temba. He's getting a goalkeeper. He's... He's renewing Saliba, right? He's getting Declan Rice, possibly. So I could have seen, I could see, okay, I see what's going on at Arsenal. 
What's going on at Manchester United? What is the plan? Weren't they supposed to get Yuri and Timber? Who's the right back? Juan Bissaka. Juan Bissaka is like Luton level. He's a centre back and right back. He's useless. Can't the people have Trent Alexander Arnold and Reese James and Theo Hernandez is going to PSG? Like that's what we're talking about. We're cooking with gas here. We can't be having Aaron Bissaka. Luke Shaw's proper, hey? Like Luke Shaw's the one proper guy, but again, he's another guy, old fat boy slim there. Can't keep the can't keep the body together. He's just he's just not reliable. And this year was an anomaly at Man United. So I asked Mason Mount and I ask all of you, what's the plan, Chief? Why are you going to Manchester United? Is it about the money? Okay, cool. Say no more. Say less blood. But don't tell me it's for sporting success. It's a terrible move, and I worry about people that leave stable environments, stable winning environments, for money. There's money everywhere. You're a top player, mate. It, it makes absolutely no sense. Unless he was going to Man City, I just do not understand it. And if he's not happy with the money, I'm sure everything will come out. And as a Chelsea fan, am I sad? Absolutely. It's always nice to see one of your own come through. But as a Chelsea fan, I also understand Chelsea have been so successful in the last two decades because we, we moved on. And personally, I pride myself on this in life. I'm tremendous at just moving on. I'm not good. And, and, and one thing I don't do, um, I was talking to my friend about this the other day, I'm not a forgiving person. I always say to people, I will forget, but I will never forgive. I've, I've, I've always said I've never forgiven anyone in my life, ever. I've never, ever forgiven a single person who I feel has wronged me. It, it is a weakness of mine. But it is who I am. And I I think with Mason Mount, it's one of those, like, it hurts, man. Like, football matters to me and my football club matters to me. It's a big part of my identity. It it hurts to have a brilliant one of your own come through and then play it poorly with the PR and whatever. But just from an analytical point of view, I don't understand his plan. I, I would totally, like, listen, if somebody broke up with you, and it was for a rich dude, right? Like, I get it. She wants to upgrade her lifestyle. Whether he's better looking than me or not, or whatever, it doesn't matter. It's like, oh, okay, cool. If he's better looking, I get it. But if it's some bum who's kind of making the same money as me, what are we doing? Uh, do you know what I mean? Like, that's going to upset you. If you see your, like, I'm sure you've seen your ex. You always want to kind of see, like, oh, hmm, who they're with. Because you always want to be like, hmm, okay. Because you want to win the divorce. Everybody wants to win the divorce. You know, you always want to show your new girlfriend's little hotter, you know, whatever. I've upgraded. With him going to Man United, like, oh, like, wow, what a, lo- like, what a loser. <laughs> like, a guy's going to Man United. If he went to Man City, I'd be like, oh, my goodness. I hate it, but I get it. But he's going to a place where they're probably not going to make top four next year. So what are we doing, Chief? What I don't want from Mason Mount as a Chelsea fan. So that's my analysis at MKT Inspires. I don't want the, the letter of how beautiful it was. You had your chance to sign, pal. You wanted more money. Get, get out. I, I don't want to hear about how nice it was. It was like the Havertz thing. Nonsense. Get out. Like, get out. Don't, I, I hate these player announcements. Like, it's about the money. Cool. 
get out. Like if you're Tiago Silva or like Lampard, Drogba, okay, I get it. Like, chief, it, it ain't that deep. And you decided to leave and it was about the money. No worries. Thanks for the memories. I'm really good at moving on. This one will hurt though. He's a good player. He is a good player. All right, should we answer questions, Ham? Got two questions. At MKT Inspired. Uh, if you'd like to get into uh, the DMs. Let's maybe start with this one. Uh, Sean. Sean says, hey man, I've been listening to your podcast uh, since returning from George and getting the chance to meet you and I've been really enjoying it. Well, that's great, Sean. He says, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the PSL and the state of football in SA currently. SA is South Africa, by the way. Um, I know you have a big focus on the Premier League, but it would be cool to hear... Um, some of your thoughts uh, about the game locally. I'm a big football fan, but mostly follow abroad with half an ear to the ground locally, but want to make a conscious effort this year to focus and follow the PSL. Just think it could be a pretty good topic and would be interesting to hear your thoughts. Sean, let me, let me be completely honest with you. I do not watch South African soccer because I am a global consumer and I want to be honest here. I'm, I'm not so big on the... I'm I'm not like heavily patriotic. Like I do like being South African. I think it's a very unique story within the sort of tapestry of history uh, to be South African at this very moment, post Nelson Mandela. We are, you know, there's a culmination of circumstances that just make us a unique society. You know, in South Africa, we're just dealing with so much. And I think compared to other countries in the history of mankind, South Africa has done the best job of emerging from oppression Anyway, and, and that does affect sport, by the way. You can't leave sport and politics apart. It's just not hard work. So, Sean, I'll be honest with you. I don't watch the PSL, and I find myself less and less interested because I'm a global consumer. Um, I think there's tremendous pressure on local productions because Netflix is here, right? And globalization has its has its impacts if you don't have your, your house in order. So I would say this. I work closely with Supersport. Uh, the PSL does incredible numbers. It's still the biggest product um, locally. Uh, nothing matches a, a Soweto Derby still, by the way, in terms of numbers. I'm just talking hardcore numbers, whether you're interested or not. Um, but I just have no interest, Sean. Um, I'm big on quality, and I just don't find the pro- product compelling for me. I was, you, you know, I was raised in and around the English game, and you, you know, my parents lived in Europe. When I was younger, so my father's a big Orlando Pirates fan, but I just don't think it's been packaged well enough um, and sold well enough. The Premier League is just—I always say it's a—it's a—it's a telenovela for guys, you know, for people who don't understand. People say, "How do you love football so much?" Stop thinking about it like sport. It's a telenovela for dudes, is what I tell everyone. Who doesn't understand? So, Sean, I have—I have strong negative thoughts about it, but. My thoughts are, it's just not. Like, I've seen Netflix now. I'm not going back to SABC. Is how I feel. You, you know what I mean? Uh, that's just how I feel. Like, it's a crap product. It, it is just a crap product. And also, I'm a suburban kid, you know? I, I, like, I, I know the lazy thing is, people just presume because you're black, you're from the hood. Like, I don't really have a connection to townships. Because 
if you're not South African, because of the way the apartheid government divided the country. So my family's from the homelands. So I don't have family I go and see in the townships. Like my cousins and a few of them live in the township, but I don't want to hang out with my cousins. I want to hang out with my family, my, like my mom and stuff, you know. Um, and they are from the homeland. So for me, you, you know, sort of my diaspora has taken me from the homeland to the city, to the suburb, northern suburbs of Johannesburg. So I think if you if you have sort of a, a closer connection to Gussie culture, maybe the, you know, pirates is in your heart, chiefs is in your heart, Amazul is in your heart, whoever it may be, because football is an extension of culture, right? I, I think it's the greatest representation of culture um, on earth. I, I, I really believe football is the is the working class ballet, you know. And, and again, Sean, I'm working class, so I understand that football matters to us. And my father just... My, listen, let me tell you something. When we lived in Finland, or my dad lived in Finland when I was younger, and Germany, way before VPNs and all this stuff, my father made his company... Right at the time, uh, Anglo American and Kumba, right s- separately. He made them make pirates available there. Like that's how much he loves it, and it like it must have been murder in hindsight. I I don't know how he did it. I don't know what happened. Way before technology, I'm talking late nineties, early noughties, uh, way way before proper tech. So he loves he like pirates is one. Thing. My father's not emotional. It is the one thing he gets emotional about. So. But I have no connection, eh, Sean. I'll be honest with you. Um, and I'm, it's, I'm sad about it. And all I have to say is negative stuff. So, but I, I like that Sean is saying he wants, he wants to get involved. Because football is a great way to connect societies. And, and I think maybe on the next level is why it makes me even more sad, Sean, and I've thought about this, is South Africans are... Are sort of getting disconnected again now. There's sort of in, and always has been. I guess it's just now flaring up. We're getting fragmented as a society, and football's such a great way to get people to connect. So it makes me even more sad that in our country we speak of always white and black as though we're the only races that exist. But anyway, you understand what I mean. It it would be such a great intersection. And uh, as a part of our healing journey, if we could get it right, but we've got it so, so wrong. So, so wrong. So my thoughts on it are, I don't think about it, Sean, to be honest with you. I have to be honest. I like, I don't want to be a mandla guy when I'm not. I'm, I'm a Northern Suburbs guy who was raised middle class and I love the Premier League. You know, am I a part of the lost generation? Maybe. No, I'm not the blackest man in the world. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, No. I'm not. I'm not Oliver Tambo. Oh well, you know. Because by the way, black people get angry about that as well. Ugh. That was the end of bloom. Oh well. What must I do now? Rewind and be born in Guamashu. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was born in Urkis and lived in the northern suburbs of Johannesburg. What must I do about that? What do you want me to do? What you gonna do, Chief? Anyway, Sean. Not so. Not sure I answered your question. But those are my thoughts. Um, let's do one more old Kakego. Old cat dog here. Uh, Kakego says, Mr. MKT, great podcast as usual, bro. I thank you. I thank you, sir. He says, I want to comment on you not rating Carlos Spencer. He's certainly not a textbook fly half like Andrew Merton's Stephen Larkham. 
These guys, you can almost guarantee consistency and performance. I don't think Spencer was brought in to be a conventional player. I think at that time, the All Blacks wanted opposing teams to struggle to predict their moves, movement, and that's what Spencer brought to the team. The flair and predictability, creativity, and making the opposing defensive line uh, to not know what the next move from Spencer will be. If you look at the best flyers in history, I think Spencer was one of the first to have so much flair and unpredictability on the pitch. Anyway, the next mailbag... Um, <laughs> okay, so let's deal with that because he's actually got another another question. Let me see if I can uh, fit both in. Otherwise, I'll do it on the next one. Um, Kat, let me address that because I've, I've had, I have strong thoughts. I love Carlos Spencer, by the way. King Carlos, this is the rugby question. Uh, Flyhoff is the conductor of a rugby team. So, Katlejo, I believe it's a big part of why they didn't, um, they didn't win uh, back then. If you haven't read the All Black book uh, by the great uh, Ian Smith, it's just an incredible book, the All, the, the All Black uh, book. I'll, I'll try and post it on Instagram. I've got it behind me here, actually. I'll post a photo. But... I believe it's a it's a big reason they didn't win when when they were flirting, messing around between him um, and remember that Tony Brown who I thought was a better fly off because he was a better defender, um, but at the top level, I hate I, I hate flair at the top. I, your number ten shouldn't have flair. That's not winning play. It's it's one of my biggest problems with Marnie Leebok, um, and I, I don't think we have anyone to back up. You know what? I want my fly off to be at international level. And when the All Blacks figured this out, they started winning. Um, your number one job, right, is to put your pack on your front foot, on the front foot. The flair and the big passes—that's not your job at that level. Super rugby, yes. Like in all these other levels, yeah. When we're mucking about, we're having a good time with the lads at a bright, cool. But when it's test rugby and the players are just too good for nonsense. I want my fly half to be the best tactical kicker in the team. Because your job, a fly half's core job, forget the nonsense. A fly half's core job is to put his pack on the front foot. That is your number one job. And the only way to do that is to tactical kick 80% of the time with precision. Carlos Spencer could not do that. He did not have that in his game. Because remember, he could play 10 15. I also don't like utility players at the international level. Number two, your job is to kick points. Carlos Spencer was a terrible goal kicker. Terrible goal kicker by international standards. Right? So what I, I don't want my CEO, right? Because a fly half must be your CEO. No matter what company you are in, and I know Gagleko works at a big some big time company, by the way. Uh, I see here in his uh, in his title, he's a I don't know if I, I can say his job. He's a CRO. He's a chief risk officer. So if Gatlejo's not married, ladies, I'm not going to tell you his surname, but he is a chief risk officer. Uh, and also, Gatlejo, sorry, I'm just presuming you're straight. That's that's wrong of me. And also, Gatlejo might be a woman. Might be a woman. Although he said great po- podcast as usual, bro. I mean, I'm I'm just lazy assumption. Gatlejo, old Katlejo here, uh, cat dog is a man, right? And he watches rugby again, probably a dude, right? Is Cat works at a very, very nice company, by the way, like European. Wow! So he's he's big time. If he's not married, 
slide in his DMs, ladies, or, or don't, because he might be married or might have a girlfriend, and then I'm putting him in trouble. But anyway, um, so so he's he's a high-level corporate guy. I can see from his signature that he he's big-time chief risk officer of his company, and he'll understand this. I don't want my CEO to flare. Right? I need him to be the calmest person and his job must be to make executive decisions, which means he's not looking to be the star player. He's going to put you guys in position to be star players. The great CEOs that I, I'm quite fortunate to know um, or have observed is they're quite good at putting people... And I'm not talking about like these Elon Musks and these new age entrepreneurs. I'm talking about like, like who's, the, who's the CEO of... I don't know. Uh, like Berkshire Hathaway, right? Outside of Warren Buffett, like who's he? Who's his COO and CEO, right? Like who's the CEO of Sony? No, you got no idea. You know why? Because he's not doing too much. He's making executive decisions. You you got no clue. Like who's the CEO of Hewlett Parker? I don't know. I've got no idea. You know why? not doing too much she's not doing too much so i want my fly half to be efficient i've always argued this and number 10 must just be a conduit he must put people into space and not be the playmaker i hate playmaking fly halves. i hate them with all of my heart and if you don't believe me who are the best fly halves of all time johnny wilkinson right second by a long distance daniel carter Daniel Carter wasn't flair. There's no flair. Tactical kicking, goal kicking, and then he just happened to be a spectacular rugby player on top of that. right? But first and foremost, those two guys understood the assignment. Put the pack on the front foot, kick for goals. And DC wasn't doing too much. Let me give it to Nanu. Let me give it to Smith. Let me give it to Julian Severe. Let me put those guys in space. You, you, as a number 10, you are not supposed to get in the way. You, you shouldn't be a playmaker. I, I absolutely hate it when I hear commentators say he's a playmaking 10. Terrible. Get it out. Marnie Liebock, never going to be good at the international level. A running fly half is not good for the team. That's not your job. Your job is to facilitate tactically and direct the team. Your job is not to be the star. It is to put your X-factor 11, 15, 13, put them in space and they're supposed to be your X factor. So Carlos Spencer for me, as much as I like the player, it's cool, it's flair, super rugby, no problem. International rugby, he was a bum. You you know that, I know that. He was, he was a bum at that level. Like, no, it's not going to work. The players are too good. The players are too good. And if you don't, if you don't agree with me, the All Blacks didn't win. When did they win? When they got a serious life. See, remember that era, by the way. That era with Spencer and Alatini and Iremia and Umanga and Lomu and Cullen. I remember. I watched that. And Case Muse. Oh, my goodness. Oh, what a team. You know why they couldn't win? They didn't have a general. They had a bigger... Bigger problem. If you read the All Black book, they had a much, much bigger problem. And uh, Ian Smith saw it, said he saw it when he came back. Smithy saw it. They had a big drinking problem with Umanga and the guys. But but anyway, I mean, Jeff Wilson. Th- that All Black team should have. Anton Oliver. Oh, my goodness. To- Woodcock. 
Oh my goodness, what a team. Chris Jack, Norm Maxwell, Ruben Thorne, Todd Blackadder. I could name that whole team, 1 to 15. 1 to 23. In fact, well, 1 to 22 back then. Oh my goodness. Kane Randall, Rodney Sayalo. Oh, what a Marshall, Mertens before. They were unplayable, but they didn't have a fly off. I, I loved Andrew Mertens. I thought. I thought they got a few things wrong in his era. And obviously they got to the World Cup final, but then they couldn't beat the Madiba Magic. But with Carlos Spencer, they couldn't win because at that level, you can't be a flare fly-off. If you want to win at international level, uh, your job is to be a CEO. Button it up, put your team on the front foot, and don't try and be the star player. Stephen Larkham. He's putting, I mean, think of that great 99 to 2002 era. Right. Him and Gregan, what are they doing? They're facilitating. And Stephen Larkham was a brilliant um, sort of runner with ball in hand. Not the greatest um, tactical kicker, but he, he could certainly put them on the front foot. But you know what he was sensational at? The flat pass to Tim Horan, Daniel Herbert, Ben Tune, Owen Finnegan, runners off the shoulder. Not doing too much. Recycle, facilitate, direct. Recycle, facilitate, direct. Carlos Spencer's trying to be the star player, the flicks, and because you, you know what the problem is. Problem with flair people is most often they don't know what they're going to do. They rely off genius. And hey, cat dog, you're a CRO. You understand that we need a plan because everybody needs to know what what our conductor's going to do. Right? We need we need to know. Okay, we're going left. We're going right. We're playing tight. We're playing short. You know, we're going long. Everybody needs to know third phase, he's going to up and under. Like, everyone needs to know. The problem with Carlos Spencer is he's... And why it's so important is the fly-off gets the ball the most. He's the quarterback. So he needs to be the, the lowest ego person in the team, actually. Carlos Spencer, all ego, mohawk, hate it. If you don't believe me, go and look at the fly-offs who win at this level. They don't do too much. There's no more flare fly halves, and Dumak's not a flare fly half, by the way. He's tactical kicking, goal kicking. That's it. Much as I like Carlos Spencer, but at this level, he was a bum. Never made for that level. Money Lubok's not going to make it. I, I can call it now. Unless he changes his game, stop running, and start learning how to tactical kick. He has zero tactical kicking, by the way. So for super rugby level, URC, great. No, uh, no. You, you don't want to be seeing this current France, Ireland, uh, and uh, all black team with, with that running nonsense. Mm -mm. Play on the front foot, put the pressure on, and let's win rugby games. Don't know if I, we, we listen. It's been an hour and a half. I tell you what, cat dog. You've got a, the, the next one. You've got is an incredibly philosophical question. So I'll answer this one on the next, or maybe I'll just do. It, it, I tell you what. If I get enough questions, I'll do a mailbag um, episode randomly. Like if, if I have like five or six cool questions, I'd love it if pe more people send questions in at MKT Inspires. And then I'll do a separate mailbag one where I'm just doing mailbag questions. I think that could be quite cool. Then we'll have three podcasts a week, um, one Monday, one Thursday, and then maybe like a Saturday or Sunday uh, with a mailbag for you to enjoy on the weekend when you've got a hangover. You know what I mean? Or you're going for a run, or whatever it may be. Going for a cycle. Maybe taking your girlfriend out. 
taking the Betty for a walk. You don't need to be talking. Maybe you've got your earphones in. She's listening to the latest Taylor Swift album or whatever. I'm pretty sure Tay-Tay's got an album right now. I know her tour is blowing up. She's doing it. She probably broke up with someone, feeling good about herself. Gonna go platinum again. Taylor Swift, legend of the game. Never heard a song, by the way. Oh, no, no, wait. Uh, Haters gone hate, ha, 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 hate. I know that one. Check it off. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. I know that one. That's a banger. That's a banger. Hate pop music. It's not a banger. Although, I do like successful people, so I do like Taylor Swift. She's doing it. You know, I, I, I don't really follow her business. You know, I'm more of a following like COs and COOs and CROs like Kat here. My, my man, my main man, Kat, who loves Carlos Spencer. Who he likes an unconventional. Funny, he works in corporate, but he likes an unconventional player. Maybe he's like those CEOs and, and, and big-time corporate guys, you know, because he's a big-time corporate guy. I can tell you right now, this man works at a very serious company. I, I've looked it up. It is a proper, proper institution. Um, but I don't know if you know these, like, big-time CEOs who like to be dominated by, like, dominatrices, you know? And <laughs> I have to be honest, I do know a guy who does this. He's very, very wealthy. But he likes he, he likes just being told what to do it's not even a sexual thing so maybe old cat dog i'm not saying it's sexual you know again he might be listening to this with his girlfriend in the room i'm saying maybe cat dog likes the expression of an unconventional person because he's the cro of a massive massive international company and he's like oh my goodness i have to live in a box and you know cro chief risk officer so those he's probably one of the smartest people in the world old cat dog here I can imagine he's got 45 degrees and he's probably having to stick to more bloody legislation than you can imagine. He just loves to see people expressing themselves. Well, Kat, I am the same. I live a ridiculous life. I have not grown up in my life. I love efficiency at Flyoff. Give me Johnny Wilkinson and give me uh, DC. And and give me Pollard, by the way. Uh, maybe I should do a Flyoff podcast. I rate Pollard as one of the greatest... Uh, fly house to ever live. I said it. Puts the pack on the front foot, kicks his points. Love Pollard. Certainly the greatest um, Springbok fly half of all time, and I don't think it's close. Love to know what you think. Slide in the DM. Listen, the more questions I get, I, I think I quite like this um, this format of doing mailbag. Um, as I said earlier, if you guys um, slide in the DMs ask enough questions i'll just do a mailbag one or not but cat dog i will answer that other question because it's a it's a tasty one it is a tasty one that's going to rile some people up my big request for the show if you are a if you identify as a woman in 2023 as a she her slide in the dms love to know do you listen to the show you know i'm not asking you what do you think i should change about the show i'm not changing anything i like how i do the show and if you don't like it don't listen. I'm not one of these people who's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, like get soft about it. This is who I am. This is what the show is. But I'd love to hear from ladies because I would imagine there are women who love sport or just like to have a laugh. People like to laugh. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is MKT. This has been the MKT show for now. I am the hell. Out of here.